got the sit. One hand. Oh, oh, oh. oh the post is broken. Matthews in it. Oh, talk about a he-man. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. This is your football life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Oh, thank you very much, Barry, and uh, g'day to everyone right around the nation. Another special guest this week, and what a play he was. Five-time Fitzroy best and fairest, 268 games for the Lions between 1971 and 1984 and kicking 451 goals, inducted into the Australian Football Hall of Fame in 1999, a member of the Fitzroy Team of the Century and, in fact, vice-captain named on the half-forward line, Twice All-Australian and seven times representing Victoria. Fitzroy captain, 1981 to 84. And according to Lou Richards, this, our special guest, could really play a bit. Double gets a hand pass over to uh, Wilson. Wilson's clear to left foot snap for goal. He's got it So there you are. My special guest, Gary Wilson. Great to have you here, Gary, and uh, what is it, uh, so many years I've, since I've seen you, but it's as if we've never been apart. We, we met at the races and we chatted for hours, not about horses, but about footy. We just love it, don't we? Oh, so we do, Rex. And, I, made, uh, I, think, I think I made a little bit of a mistake. I've checked my uh, diary there. I think you played 12 times for the Vic. Before we get into your childhood, do you think it's a shame now that the kids of today didn't experience what you did 12 times and what I did once, and I can tell you my one game just meant so much to me. Do you think it's a shame they don't play interstate games now? Yeah, I think it is, Rex, because uh, growing up, and I grew up in Middle Park and followed South Melbourne every week, so my idol was Bobby Skilton. Yeah. So, but there was nothing greater than, say, Bobby Skilton, Ron Barassi, Ted Witt, and some of those old uh, legends lining up for Victoria. And, and as a Victorian football supporter, you, you just loved those state games, and, and you just hated being beaten. So that was the culture growing up, and I was lucky enough to be involved in 12 Victorian games for 12 wins. So, And with some, some of the uh, most prolific household names in the Big V history, uh, none bigger than Ted Whitten. No, he was uh, certainly, uh, he, he loved the Victorian games and later became a chairman of selectors and so on. So yeah. that, that culture was uh, right through the, you know, that era. You talk about South Melbourne and Bob Skilton, and uh, Bobby was just born to play with South Melbourne. He ended his career at Port Melbourne, so he was just uh, a South Melbourne, Port Melbourne tragic, wasn't he? And, and apparently, looking through the records, so were you. Yeah, well, I grew up in Middle Park, and uh, my whole family barracked for South Melbourne, so we'd go to the footy every week, and quite often uh, of a Sunday, we'd go down to Port Melbourne as well. So. Wow. I remember Bobby finishing his career at Port Melbourne. So. I think at the time, the same time, uh, Ron Barassi had a few games down there, and they, they had a pretty good. They used to get about twelve thousand people because I was playing for Richmond at the time, and Tommy would get the blokes down there to see, and that's all the women loved is going to the footy on the Saturday and the Sunday. But it was big time down there for both South Melbourne and Port Melbourne. What? what why didn't you play for South Melbourne? Uh, when I was in grade six, Rex, uh, my parents actually bought a news agency out at West Preston. So I shifted out to West Preston, which is uh, Fitzroy zone. Yeah. Uh, so that's how I ended up uh, at Fitzroy. So tell us a little bit about your junior days and uh, how you became uh, in the eyes of VFL scouts. Well, getting back to uh, when I left uh, 
Middle Park, I actually went over to Elby Goodall, the Secretary of South Melbourne at the time, because back in those days, Rex, you could sign a Form 4 and yeah. be bound to that club for, yeah. I forget the period of time. So here I was as a 10-year-old approaching the Secretary <laughs> of the South Melbourne Football Club, and I said, well, I'm going out to Fitzroy Zone. I want to sign a Form 4. Yeah. And he said, come back when you're 14, son. Is that a fact? <laughs> yeah, and it so, isn't it uh, uh, their <laughs> loss that you never came back? Were you always an above-average junior footballer? I played in the PDJFA, which was the Preston District Junior Football Association. So I started uh, in the under-14s as an 11-year-old. Mm. Uh, but by the time I was top age in the under-14, I, I won the best and fairest in the competition. Wow. And then I progressed to the under-16s, and I won the best and the fairest in the competition in the under-16s. So uh, I just loved playing footy, and I loved playing cricket. So that's, uh, that's what I grew up with, football and cricket. The thing about it is, you know, that I like to get back and inspire kids, you know, that just because you're not a good player or top of the class doesn't mean you can't be top of the class and uh, and play good footy. But it seemed right from the very outset that you had a vision, you know, similar blokes like Kevin Bartlett at nine or ten years of age. It's, the Arrogant is not the word, but you knew exactly where you wanted to go and what you wanted to do and you did it. Yeah, as I said, growing up being a, a football supporter and, and going to the footy as long as I could remember, uh, I just loved uh, cricket. I loved test cricket. I loved football. Yeah. I loved VFL football. So I probably, as a, as a youngster, I thought I'd be, you know, I'd, I would have loved to have played test cricket and football. So it was all my, always my aim yeah. for as long as I can remember. Like a lot of us, you're a pretty good footballer and... Uh no, no, like a lot of us. A lot of, like a lot of people, you're a pretty good cricketer and an extreme footballer. Uh, what was the stage when you thought, well, um, I want to be a cricketer and a footballer, but I better concentrate on one? When did that come along in your mind as a young man? Well, when I was doing my matric at Northcote High, Rex, I actually, a couple of my friends uh, started the train with the Fitzroy under-19 side, and they said, why don't you come along? So, uh, so that's that's how I actually uh, went to Fitzroy, uh, not by scouts and recruiting me, even though I'd won the best and fairest in the under-16 competition. Yeah. I just walked in off the street, basically. Kevin Wright was the coach of the under-19s, and from memory, there was you know hundreds of kids trying out. There were. But, uh, that was whittled down during the pre-season to about 45, and eventually 36. So, uh, I made that that list of 36. Um, but unfortunately, it took me five or six weeks to actually break into the side. But yes. you know, I eventually did, and uh, I won the best and fairest uh, for that year in the under-19. Gee so. whiz, that is just sensational. And was that under Kevin Wright? Under Kevin Wright. I, I can remember playing in the under-19s at Richmond, and Fitzroy were always a, a really big stepping stone for us. I think we might have played in a grand final against you in about 1967 out at uh, Skinner Reserve at Sunshine. I've got a memory of that. Uh, it was a tremendous competition, as yeah. you know, Rex. It was very strong. Yeah. And especially as a 16-year-old, I was playing the under-19. So it was a tremendous sort of learning experience for me. And the fact that I won the best and the fairest, I was actually invited to train with the seniors the following year as a 17-year-old. Yeah. You're always a slight player. I can remember, you know, that you're fine as a fairy's flute. Uh, and you've always been like that. And you look about the same weight today, are you? Exactly the same weight. 64 kg. No, no, 70 kilograms. Oh, so you put on six. <laughs> Seven, no, no, I just put kilograms. on six. I had, uh, I had uh, a bit of extra, uh, you know, pork for lunch. I can remember, uh, you know, the, the last Richmond Premiership side uh, in 1980 with uh, Big Lee heading it to Waitman, the flea, 
And that was the only flea I knew of until I did a little bit of research that the boys in the inner sanctum at Fitzroy, you are the flea. How did that come about? Uh, when I first joined Fitzroy as a 17-year-old uh, in the seniors, Kevin Murray was captain. He actually nicknamed me the flea. So yeah. that stuck right through my playing career. And even players today, Bernie Quinlan, I play golf with, calls me the flea. One of my best mates, Tomo, calls me the flea. And I caught up, you know, catch up with Robbie Flower yeah. at golf, and he still calls me the flea. So, so you had some absolute ding-dong yeah. battles with uh, Robbie Flower, didn't you? Because you were the you know, highest-profile little blokes with Kevin Bartlett in the competition at the time. Yeah, Robert started in 73, I think, and had a marvellous career. Yeah, and it not it great, though, that you do battle on the field and you wouldn't look sideways? And I, st- I know it's the same today where blokes don't even shake hands or what sort of thing, but down the track you just uh, have such an affinity with the game you love that you can sit with ours for blokes and just chat about the game. It's fantastic. Yeah, that's no, fantastic. What do you yes. think about the game at the moment? I'm still, I still enjoy watching the game, although, like many other football supporters, we're probably a little bit frustrated. Yeah. But I think it. Uh, I've been promoting a, a, a modification of the of the uh, a rule, such as it should be 20 metres before it's a mark. Yes. I think we're all frustrated with the predictability of the game. Oh now, yeah. Football sh- is should be an unpredictable game, and it's developed into a keepings off with. Although it's 15 metres, sometimes that that gets reduced to 12 metres. Mm. So they're chipping these little kicks around. So I think. If they forced that rule out to 20 metres, you'd be forced to kick longer more often, more difficult to, uh, to uh, hit a target, and also they wouldn't be flooding as much as they possibly, yeah. possibly do now because of the, it would become less predictable. As a young Fitzroy player, you arrived there uh, under the leadership of Kevin Bulldog Murray. Uh, you know, what a fantastic player. I think he won the won the, uh, the medal at about 33 years of age in 1969. But he, he had come back from Perth and just a wonderful player. It must have been terrific to play under him. Yeah, Kevin won nine best and fairest records. Yeah, so he was a didn't give anyone else a chance. A sensational leader. And for a young person to come in into the club and start playing senior football at 17 years of age, it was just fantastic to have a leader like Kevin. Yeah. He was uh, very protective, a tough player, and sort of you knew that he was a great leader. Yeah. I can remember that you always had a couple of big ruckmen. Uh, one was called... Uh, uh, one is still called uh, Russell Crowe. And the other, Norm Brown, I think they were there. And I reckon uh, when you went for a mark or a tap out, Michael Green once said to me, you're going to earn it today, Rex. And goodness me, he wasn't wrong. They were a couple of big blokes who you loved uh, roving to. I think back in those days, Rex, each side had what they called an enforcer. So yeah. <laughs> I think Russell Crowe was, uh, and Norm, Norm Brown yeah. would have fitted that description. They, didn't in- they, Fitzroy, didn't enjoy that much success when you first went there. No, not from 71 to 77, so that was quite a lean period for Fitzroy. Yeah. Uh, in 78, we started to emerge as a strong side. We actually won the night premiership in that year. Yeah. We beat North Melbourne, who were premiers, and they were, had a, an extremely uh, strong side. So we started to emerge, and the night premiership was held in pretty high regard back in those days. And then from 79 right through to 86, uh, Fitzroy played in the finals in 79, 81, 83, 84, 86. So through that period, yeah. the win-loss ratio was just fantastic. So we you know, re- had a really strong uh, side in that period. 
Gary Wilson, the legend from the Fitzroy Football Club, joins us today on This Is Your Football Life. And folks, it's with the kindest regards at Tobin Brothers because they celebrate lives and we're celebrating football lives. Not that you're to the end of it yet, uh, Gary, so just in case Roz gets a little bit worried there. Every year, hundreds of people take out a fixed-price funeral plan with Tobin Brothers Funerals, and by doing that, they have the peace of mind of knowing that regardless of how long they live, the price they pay today is fixed forever. So why not celebrate your life with a fixed-price funeral plan from Tobin Brothers Funerals? Well, out of the break, we're going to just continue on and get past that 1978 time because Fitzroy went into a pretty exciting time. And joining Gary Wilson uh, at the uh, at the Fitzroy Football Club, names like Ruse and uh, Kevin Murray at the end of his career, Bernie Quinlan, Robert Walls, Mickey Conlon and Gary Pert, they were some household names. So right around the nation, thanks for joining us on This Is Your Football Life. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. This is Gary Wilson's eighth kick for the court. Shoots for goal. What's it Yeah, the golden voice of Doug Hayward, one of the all-time great broadcasters for the ABC, who I used to term the Tobin Brothers. So for the Tobin Brothers, this is Rex Hunt talking to Gary Wilson, the Fitzroy legend, and there's no doubt about that, and I mean that with all sincerity. What a player you've been. Uh, 1978 was a was a real great year for you. You took out the club's best and fairest and won your first All-Australian Guernsey. Tell us uh, the satisfaction you got out of 78. Yeah, 78, uh, Rex, we started to emerge as a very good side. And as I said before, we, we won the night premiership, which was held in high regard. And uh, we started, uh, Bernie Quinlan had come across from uh, uh, Footscray and Robert Walls had joined the club and Max Richardson. And we uh, recruited pretty well and, and uh, we started to win you know, a lot of games. And Were you at the uh, junction over St Kilda by now? Yeah, we started the Junction yeah. Oval in 1970. So yeah. I played under 19s at the Junction yeah. Oval. So yeah. I played my whole career at the Junction and, Oval. And what a what a surface it yeah. was. Just, the surface just, was absolutely marvellous. You know, the surface was as good in July as it was in December for a district game, St Kilda versus Melbourne. You know what I mean? It and was over great. The, over the summer, Rex, they had this uh, tennis competition. I yeah. Think it was a country uh, country week. All they did was mow the grass and then all of a sudden they had lawn tennis. Goodness. Un- unbelievable. That, that, that is amazing. Uh, Bill Stephen was a coach. And uh, just seemed to, uh, uh, I think uh, when he went to Essendon, they called them uh, the Baby Bombers, I mean, but he had a pretty young side. But then you said you got some real good solidarity, you know, particularly with Quinlan at full forward. And it all seemed to fall into place as the young players became senior players. Yeah, younger players. We had Sarah Feeney, Mickey Connell had come into the club, David McMahon, mm. uh, a, a lot of players of high quality. So... Uh, from, as I said, from 78 through to 86, Fitzroy's win-loss ratio was a- a- outstanding. Uh, tell us a little bit about Wallsy, uh, Robert Walls, who's uh, just uh, six months in his retirement. He won't be listening to this because he's in the in the south of France, so things must be going pretty well for Wallsy. But it was an amazing thing, a, a Carlton legend uh, crossing to Fitzroy, uh, I think, uh, you know, under very, very... Uh, uh, controversial circumstances when he got sacked. Uh, he got sacked as a player, first of all, from Carlton. He ended up at Fitzroy in the end of his career. Yeah, he got sacked from Carlton, and I think Robert got a bit of a shock when he came across to, to Fitzroy because uh, at Carlton, whilst they were a very successful club, they were behind the times as far as their training. And uh, back in 78, 
for example, I was over the summer, I was training six mornings and five nights, 11 mm. sessions a week. Yeah. I think Robert was uh, playing cricket as, he, as his pre-season, so it yeah. was a hell of a shock when he came across to, as to the professionalism of our club at the time. A lot of our young listeners around Australia would like to know, you know, that uh, it's just an accepted thing about the physicality and the training now. But I reckon, uh, you know, you were at it for a long, long time, but I reckon a guy called John Tolman used to take a few blokes around the Caulfield race course. There was Tuddenham, uh, Len Thompson, a bloke by the name of Robert Dean who played for Collingwood. Uh, I know a couple of others ran around. It, it was really the start of the fitness era of the VFL at that stage where you don't have summer off, you just run differently. Yeah, a number of players uh, trained under Tolman and, and would run professionally over the summer. Yeah. So that was uh, an innovation at the time. I was actually training under Bob Newton, Bert Newton's brother. Yes. He trained uh, Noel McMahon to a stall gift. Yes. So, uh, there, that was uh, an innovation back in those times. I think uh, a few of our listeners might recall you wearing a helmet the last four or five years. Uh, you know, the, the, the most recent one I've seen was Justin Kaczynski last year after he had a couple of bad episodes. I think he actually collapsed on television from memory uh, in in uh, in 2013. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you came to wear the helmet and why. Yeah, I played 10 years without a helmet, Rex, but I had a number of bad concussions. Uh, it was a bit more violent back in those days. The yeah. Time. And, uh, yeah, so I got knocked out badly on probably five or six times. And also I started to get blurred vision. Yes. Uh, with what seemingly was quite light, light knocks to the head. So uh, that sort of combination of uh, a number of concussions and numerous blurred visions. Uh, the doctor at the time, John Fraser, suggested that I started to wear a helmet. Yeah. And I wore that helmet for the last four years. Yeah. This is your football life with Rex Hunt and the doyen of footballers at Fitzroy, Gary Wilson. And one bloke who loved calling ba uh, Gary Wilson was three-time Brownlow medalist Bob Skilton. Goes across the face of Melbourne and that to Fitzroy Wilson. Gary Wilson plays on straight away. Puts it down and Eric back. I tell you what, the crowd got really up and about and uh, they they were an enthusiastic bunch down at uh, Junction Oval and I would venture to say it was a pretty hard and tough hunting ground for the opposition because you won a lot of close games there. Yeah, it was just a brilliant game to uh, ground to play on, Rex, and uh, the Fitzroy supporters were very loyal. They came from... Um uh, from, from our previous hunting ground at Fitzroy and they just loved the Junction Oval. Yeah. It's just, just magnificent, it really is. Uh, you're Captain Victoria in 1984. What a great thrill for you. How did that come about? Because it's almost it's towards the end of your career, isn't it? Yeah, 84 was my last year, Rex. Yeah. And, uh, I remember out at Waverley at the time, Alan Jeans was the coach and called me over and said, I'm going to uh, nominate you as captain. So yeah. it was uh, one of the biggest thrills of my whole playing career. And I just uh, it was hard to believe. I remember just driving home that night thinking, gee, I've just been nominated <laughs> as captain of Victoria. Well, it was just incredible. Just absolutely magnificent. Look, I know that we all look towards premierships and, uh, you know, that the Brownlow medal is something that just might come along, but you got close a couple of times and you're second only to the Bulldog uh, Kevin Murray as all-time vote catcher at Fitzroy. So the umpires certainly noticed you, despite the fact that you got belted around the ears a lot. Yeah, I finished second one year and third another year. Yeah. So got reasonably close but without uh, taking off the big prize. You said 1984 was your last year. Did you know it was your last year? Had you I, got some signs and you thought to yourself, I reckon I'm nearly done? Uh, definitely, Rex, because I thought at the time, because I had numerous injuries, I couldn't train as, I, as I'd previously had. Um, I 
and I'd always thought that if I couldn't feel as though I could get better as a player, well, maybe I should retire, and that was the feeling, feeling I was getting at that time. Yeah. Um, Fitzroy became Brisbane. Uh, I've spoken to a few South Melbourne blokes that said they'd never ever barry for Sydney, but they've come around a little bit. What were your first thoughts when Fitzroy dissolved and became uh, the Brisbane Bears? Well, I thought at the time, Rex, it was certainly better than um, combining with North Melbourne, which was mooted at, at one stage. Brisbane, The Brisbane Lions have adopted Fitzroy's history and heritage of the game, so that's fantastic. They made one error. I think they should have adopted the Fitzroy Goons at that particular time right from day one. Yeah. Uh, but having not done that, I think they've progressed over the years. And, and also the three premierships, uh, the Fitzroy, the old Fitzroy supporters love that time. So For sure. I think they've done a pretty good job overall. And, yeah. Uh, I'm quite happy with that. Uh, look, look, I, I think, uh, I don't know what you think, but I've spoken to some very close friends of mine like Stan Alves and a couple of others and... Uh, and we just conceded that 12 teams in Melbourne could never, ever work in a national competition, so someone had to go by the wayside, didn't they? Yeah, that was the focus at the time, but that was probably before the big TV money came yeah. in. So I'm not quite sure uh, whether they'd had that same view in this current day. Yeah, but uh, it, what a competition is. We're playing every state and territory. There's no doubt about that. Uh, 1999, uh, the uh, AFL announced that uh, Hall of Fame uh, would commence. And you're inducted straight away. It must have been a great thrill for you and your family. Yeah, and the AFL, they do a tremendous job. It's uh, one of the best nights of the year. And, yeah. Uh, to be inducted into that AFL Hall of Fame is absolutely sensational. So I haven't missed a, uh, a night since that time. So it's, uh, I think it's coming up on the 4th of June this year. So and I'm you, looking forward to the You and Ros can't get there quick enough. In 1934, Australia snatched the ashes from England and Tobin Brothers' funerals began serving the community of Victoria. In the 80 years since Leo, Fonts, Tom and Kevin launched their fledgling funeral business, Tobin Brothers Funerals has served more than 228,000 families and become one of Australia's most respected and trusted funeral companies. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. And we are celebrating the life of Fitzroy champion uh, Gary Wilson. Uh, inaugural uh, inductee of the Fitzroy Brisbane Hall of Fame in 2012. Another notch in the gun or pretty special to you? Uh, very special, Rex. Yeah. Very special. And once again, I think the Hall of Fame induction uh, for this year is coming up in a couple of weeks. So. Yeah. Um, life after footy, it's been kind to you. You've worked very, very hard. Uh, you know, you're 60 years of age. You're 61 this year. But tell us a bit, little bit about life after footy and what you did as a job. Well, I always had an interest in property when I was playing football, Rex, and uh, a very good Fitzroy supporter uh, taught me a few things about negatively gearing property and so yeah. on. I had a bit of an interest there and I thought I might have got my real estate licence and gone into property development. And actually Bernie Quinlan and I were at Paran College. We were doing our real estate licensing course. So, uh, But then the poultry opportunity came up, uh, which is growing chickens. Um, so instead of de developing property, I'd started to develop chicken farms. So uh, I was 22 years in the business. I started off with a couple of sheds, yeah. growing about 80,000 birds, but then that progressed to uh, 
probably three to four million chickens a year at one stage. I can remember when I was on Channel 7 and uh, I was on a show called I'm Rex Hunt and you're not. We did a series down there. It was just absolutely, I've never seen so many chooks in my life. I didn't think, uh, you know, you'd get rid of them. But Kentucky Fried Chicken and uh, McDonald's and the rest of them seem to have no trouble getting rid of chickens, mate. No, it's been a huge, huge growth <laughs> industry for 50 years, Rex. Well, I tell you what, it's just been lovely catching up. We've just scraped the surface, Gary Wilson. Uh, it's great to reminisce and just talk about a wonderful career. Your, uh, yours and Roz's career now is as grandparents, and we wish you all the best, and thanks for joining us today. Thanks very much, Rex. Gary Wilson. And if you'd like to hear extended versions of this interview, check out facebook.com forward slash Tobin Brothers Funerals or follow us on Twitter at Rex football life and this has been this is your football life and thanks to Tobin Brothers celebrating lives somewhere again next week in the wonderful world of football we'll be bringing you the fascinating life of footballers of years gone by you're listening to this is your football life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers funerals celebrating lives